right sounds like autism season finale you're on air josh mersky welcome to the show and welcome dave and before we go any further and i didn't tell dave i would do this i just want to wish him a happy birthday you know when it was when it was my birthday um and during this like covid thing we um he did a whole surprise um media party thing and although dave hates his birthday um i just want to wish him a very happy birthday so happy birthday dave the fellow co-host and fellow founder of Soundsing autism so happy birthday and i know all of our listeners and followers wish you the same um thank you thank you so much uh where is enjoy my, your birthday is, is my surprise party later or is it now i'm not as tech savvy as you <laughs> dave's way more tech savvy than me um, I mean, he, he's basically teaching me like the Zoom and all this as we go along. Uh, I mean, before like before we started, SLA, pretty much I like never even used um Instagram. I didn't know how to like kind of like market or something like that through that. I had no idea that existed. So yeah, I'm kind of just learning as you go along, and I'm I'm very thankful for that. Um, he's <laughs> opened up a lot of doors. Yeah. Thanks, man. Well. Yeah, you'll learn a lot more. Eventually, you'll edit the show and stuff. Yeah, that's so like, I that's the goal. Yoda, and I'm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, in, I mean, I'm not many, saying you look like Yoda. I'm not saying you look like Yoda. <laughs> in many wrong. ways, you're my. You know, we're each other's Yoda for a thing. I still haven't seen Star Wars. I know we've discussed it, but you're. I'm sure you're my Yoda for a bunch of stuff too. If that means that I'm a wise person that teaches you stuff, you're my Yoda too, Josh. Yes, that's what Yoda is. Oh, you guys, you guys see Star Wars? Look, we, we can make a whole podcast about Star Wars. All right, well, t- well, well, this is the last episode of the season, technically. I'm sure we have um, some one-off things, just like we did last year. We kind of had like a, a fake stop, and then we kind of kept going a little bit as things came, came up, and already we have things coming up that I haven't yeah, talked I mean, about realistically, yet. Realistically, knowing our track record, and just like knowing our personalities in general, and like the spirit of SLA that's going to probably happen, um, well, we already have something booked for next week that I haven't told you about. So, all right, well, there, there you go. There, there big, you go. Big, I mean, big surprises coming. Um, you know, a couple, a couple exciting things in the works, despite all that's going on. And you know, this season was obviously marred by the the pandemic, unfortunately. And um, this will, you know, be in the history books and just kind of. Um, whenever you get your throwback Thursdays on social media or you look back at this podcast or any other or, or, or whatever, you're going to, you're going to remember COVID and, and, um, and these interesting yeah. times. So like we, but we hope you remember other things too. Um, because as we we'll see, as we go through this episode, um, like the neurodiverse community really has proven some pretty amazing things through hardship because the, the thing about um, hardships are, yeah, they're bad, but you also, you, also get a chance to see like greatness which otherwise would never see before so and um that has come out in this as we're going to go through later on um yeah i mean even even just look at how we 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 did every single episode from my office and then we just went remote so quickly and same for our human services agency that i helped run um same for spectrum designs foundation um and so many schools and so many uh programs that that were able to pivot and despite a lot of struggles and the speed um, think, of the application yeah i think that there was a lot of growth um even for the people who did struggle and i think that um there was a lot of triumph as well and a lot of um a lot of a lot of people surprised yeah. us and and um yeah. it's incredible 
And our, you only our... hear about the negative stuff because honestly, the negative stuff is what gives like the news stations ratings. But we're here to give you some, like some of the truth, also the positive. Like with all this, like this also happened. Yes, lots of bad happened, but the, this also happened. Like you know, the crime from like how people the ad, how people who you know society would thought could not have adapted. All of a sudden, boom! Hey, in some cases, it may have adapted better than others. I mean, so it's like it's really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. And th- and now with this idea of the quote unquote new normal, um, you know, realistically things are going to to stay different. It's not just going to be one day we can all get together and hug. Um, things are going to change, and they're going to change for the long term. And we have to figure out how to keep living our lives. So it was a really difficult decision for my family and I, but my wife and my kid and I were moving this weekend, which is uh, seems like a really crazy thing to do for. Um, during during the pandemic um but we kind of couldn't say no josh already offered to help me move yeah <laughs> which was really nice but um you know we got a moving company they're gonna wear masks and stuff um and then then we'll be able to do more zooming from my new office at my new place um and and there's just you know josh is back at work um which you know a few maybe a month ago we couldn't even picture what that would look like and now josh is you know and for all those who like can't imagine like what working is like, I know different work people different places are like work environments, but just uh my current experience, you know, first of all, there's like there's not as many people there where are spread out. Um everyone wears a mask. Like if you're in the same room as someone, you do. Um and, and honestly, to tell you the truth, um, it is cleaner than like ever before. You go, we go through, um, and this is honestly, um, um, this is like just a testament like how um, Spectrum, I know we talk about a lot, but how Spectrum Science Foundation is uh, handling this and how, again, I truly feel they're leading the way in this, that, um, look, every um, day, right, before we leave, we go for half hour and we clean every single doorknob. If someone touched something, it's disaffected. Um, ev- everything, um, even, even the, the floors are like, everything is so clean that honestly there were there's like there's it's like the only place more sterile is a hospital room um honest honest to god that's um and it's really incredible and so i mean like if society start, becomes like that really like work it's it's not it's not going to be so scary to go back because honestly it's even cleaner and I know that sounds crazy with all like this COVID stuff going around, but it is. Like I, I like almost every day I go there. I am part of the the people who like also make sure it's like that clean. And I can assure you, especially for people like me who on top of autism, I got OCD. Like we're not like I like you know we go out because just to eat at us in our head. Like oh man, like you know, like what if the COVID germs on that? So don't so like don't worry. That place is sterile. It's so crazy. So yeah. <laughs> And and yeah, that's just that's just how it's going to be. People are going to be a little further apart, and um, but still productive and 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 positive and and cleaner than ever. And I I agree. Um, I never, I've never washed my hands so much to the point where I have to like moisturize and stuff now. Um, but, but looking back on on this season, I mean, just just I feel like there's in in life now there's pre-COVID and then there's after COVID. Um, and just thinking about what all we've been able to do from our homes and without even seeing each other 
Um, it, it's really incredible. Uh, I know that uh, the Matt Hoverman interview meant a lot to you. Oh, that was honestly that that was so cool. That was really cool. I I remember. Okay, so from how the Matt Hoverman interview happened was it was pretty much this was in the very beginning of the COVID thing. I and um so at that time I was like seeing my parents and I was like kind of, I was right and I usually when I go with my parents I like to go down to like the basement and just like sit because I just there's a nice spot there where I kind of like to just reflect on things right. So I'm there and I'm messaging Dave and we're like trying to figure out okay how we're gonna adapt to this new COVID thing where we're gonna like get on and stuff and um we I decided that you know lots of people are gonna be home lots of people are gonna be looking for you know this was our theory and it proved that to be true um lots of people are gonna look for human interaction right and a social media so it's the ideal time to reach out to people because they're more likely to respond so with that case we started reaching out and um like the, the first person I believe we reached out to um, was Matt Hoberman, and he got back to Team SLA like real quick, and it it was just amazing because again, I, I'm this is something I'm very like, I'm honored, um, humbled, and just like to say like I just feel thankful. Honestly, is an understatement for this. Is Matt Hoberman and like. I just want to say kudos to you. You're not giving yourself enough credit because in general, um, I'm the one that's been securing the guests historically for both seasons of Sounds Like Autism. And um, I was really, really busy when COVID first started. I'm still busy, but I was working probably like 80 hours a week trying to get um, our agency's remote services going and, and trying to figure out my life and, and whatever. Um, and, and Josh took that. Uh, Josh wasn't working and Josh for the first time really uh took the bull by the horns and and did his research and and found this guy's contact and reached out to this emmy award-winning dude um who's become a friend since then and it's just it's such a such an incredible thing so um i know we i know you've mentioned before like um you know let's say junior high school josh let's speak to junior high school josh for a second junior high school josh um, would you believe me if I told you that you would be uh, emailing with Emmy Award winning um, people in Hollywood and that they'd be responding and then coming on your sh your own show and then maintaining a relationship with you after? Uh, no, not not at all. But I mean, I'm just I'm very I'm very I'm very, look I'm very grateful for that, especially just knowing like you know my childhood how I was always called like stupid and like the R word and like lots of that stuff. And now like look at where I am now. I'm really grateful, and also the fact that you know these, these people like Hoberman, um, um, and all the folks on Pixar, just because there's so many we have spoken to, um, they're all part of like Disney, and that's like my special interest. And it's like, how many people can say, oh, you know, I'm having some of the top tier people, my special interest on like my show, and talking to them, and oh, like the guy over there showing me Zemi, yeah, like. That, that that's that's really something that that's really something that's and, and all these something. people josh think that your your perspective is is at least equally valuable so that that's yeah, really that's, that's really what this that's really um the heart of what we're doing is we're showing that all perspectives all perspectives are valuable and they need to be fleshed yeah. out and exposed and we need to put a spotlight on on different ways of thinking and different ways of being and that they're not only okay we don't we don't stop at them being okay they need to be celebrated they need to be encouraged and nurtured and, and respected equally 
Right. Because, you know, like, the thing about perspective is that the, the way, like, I see it is that, you know, it's a truth. And Dave and I both learned a lot about, about people's truths um, going through the whole TEDx thing because that was a big thing, everyone's truth. Um, and I think what that means is, like, you know, a truth is the way someone sees something. It's their reality. So even though you may not view it as a truth, it's a truth to them, and you should respect it as such because – by not by not respecting someone's truth, you're in essence not respecting them, and it's different than an opinion. It's it's like the way someone views the world. So like the neurodiverse people, like our truths are just as important as the neurotypical, and vice versa. So um, I think in in the past society did not um, respect it as much, didn't um, view it as equal. But I think now we have come to a point in time where it is really equaling out and at a like really um really good rate i mean you just again like news articles are generally negative but if you look through the past couple of years like news news and stuff of people like even when you see a problem right even when you see it it's covered on the news and if it was like years back that wouldn't even be covered it would just be swept under the rug so the fact that these things are being put to the forefront of society that really shows like how far we've come but also that we're not done yet. We mm-hmm. keep going and going. And there's and, uh, plenty of work to do. And, you know, despite yes. trying to keep a positive vibe overall, we do talk about some serious topics and we will get to some soon. Yeah. But that, that kind of brings me to um, this all-encompassing kind of event that we had a few weeks ago um, on the last day of April. Um, so we never really talked about it formally on the show. It just kind of came up on that episode due to kind of the dates and how everything worked out. But Josh and I have talked a lot about how Um, At the end of Autism Awareness Month last year, we said that um, autism awareness doesn't end uh, at the end of April. And this year, we decided to start a hashtag called hashtag don't wait for April. Check it out on Instagram, hashtag don't wait for April. Um, And it has a couple hundred um, posts right now from people all around the world. And basically what that means is uh, we need advocates, we need work on on inclusion um, every single day of the year. And I actually think that there should be some advocates like Josh and I that are working harder uh, in in the months of, of May through March, you know? That's where the real work has to be because, right. you know, everyone's like, I think everyone feels at this point like kind of obligated by societal pressure to be like, oh, you know, autism, we love people with autism like on April, like from April 1st to last day. But right after that and right before that, it's kind of like it's, Oh, okay, yeah, whatever. But I feel like there's kind of like a societal obligation almost at this point. It's like um, if you like a movie franchise, like movie one, two, three, four, and but then you, you know five's bad, you kind of feel obligated to go see it anyway. Um, out like fandom. Well, th- I think it's the same thing. It's like you know you feel obligated. Everyone has to say, oh, we love autism in April because you look bad. But we won't. If you look bad, we don't. But um, we we want. Um, what about the other months? The months where the spotlight's not on autism, you, you should still be like doing the work. You should still be like keeping it like in your mind, in your forefront. You shouldn't just be like tossed it in the back like I'm a Christmas tree until Christmas time comes or or whatever. It should be in the front. So that's where the real work is. The real work is when the spotlight's not on. Yeah, absolutely. And this this was a big topic in the 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 panel discussion that we had on the last day of April. Yeah. With the in collaboration with Special Olympics and Best Buddies, the the spread the word inclusion panel. Um, 
it was it was just really incredible getting so many people um, and so many perspectives and voices on the show at once. Um, friends and people that we hadn't ever met until they came on the show. Um, Which are now you friends of SLA. Yeah, um, the Aspie world, Daniel Jones uh, from, from Wales, who is a massive presence in the yeah. um, aut autism YouTube and Instagram social media communities. Um, we have a Jerry Holy. Jerry Holy, who's become a buddy. Yeah, I, honestly, I think that guy has become like a mega super fan. I mean, like I just saw today, like he's supposed to be as himself in that SLA shirt and um, like and wristband. Yeah, shirt and over it. Best kind of advertising is people walking around with your logo. Yeah, but it's just also so nice. Yeah, thank you so much to Jerry and and uh, keep keep up the good work at the Special Olympics. You're an incredible guy. And um, and and also check out uh, check out Jerry Holy's Instagram. Check out those shirts and those wristbands. We also have hats. Sounds like autism.com. It's all available. The the web store was a little delayed for a while because our stuff was locked up. But I have since been um, fulfilling orders, and it is it is uh, liberating the merchandise. It has uh, been incredible to still be getting orders during this complicated time, but. Um, Haley Moss, who's been a friend since episode like four of season one, but yeah, over a year now has become a, a, a better friend. She was on uh, Soren Palumbo, who started the spread the word campaign at um, <clears throat> at Special Olympics. He's something like the head of youth engagement for Special Olympics International. Um, and then you, uh, the, the, our buddies, Bell Long Islanders, our, yeah, Bell our, Long our, Islanders our, crazy our buddies, socks. John's Crazy Socks, the sock guys, John and his dad Mark, they came on and they were incredible. And um, and so also. Nice. Just, Special Olympics youth representatives from all around the globe, um, young people yeah. who have have been representing Special Olympics and um, spreading inclusion within their own spaces in their own schools, and they kind of have a peer mentorship program going, which is really really special. They're doing which some is, great work. That's really important. You keep because uh, they're you know what they're doing when you when you hear the word youth. That's you're. I don't think people really fully understand how poor that is because. These are the people who are going to like, you know, keep carrying the flame to the next generation, like, because, and then the next youth are going to do the same. So, and they're the, they're the people who need it the most as well. They're the people, you yeah. know, uh, where did I need this kind of um, education and my peers needed this kind of education? It was when I was young. And we yeah, don't cool. really, we don't really reach out to the uh, neurotypical youth audience often because I don't really think they're seeking something like this out. But when there's a program that's actually in schools and embedded into communities, um, the way the Special Olympics is, they actually have a vehicle to be able to accomplish some really incredible things. So it was cool to um, try to appeal to that audience and to know that our audience would be um, a lot of students and not just um, students in special education programs and that needed accommodations, um, but students that don't and students that just want to be allies and want to learn how to be more inclusive. That was really, really cool. And um, that touched that touched my heart, especially because again, um, you probably remember this. But when um, Dave and I were first starting, when we were first discussing um, founding SI, one of the main things I I say sometimes is I wanna um do something to help all the little Josh and Joshettes out there, uh, and that that's like my my direct words so I say. And um, by doing this, it literally is. So I mean, in a sense, I feel like I I helped to help my personal founding mission. And that means a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and a lot of other things have happened uh, in the autism community since since uh, we last saw each other in person. I mean, we already said that neurodiverse people once again proved in like an unprecedented way just how strong and resilient 
but they can be with canceled routines and new expectations like tolerating weird masks on their faces and stuff, lots and lots of hand washing, uh, loss of services. We did it, we're still doing it. And, um, and it's, it's been challenging for me as well. I have ADHD and dyslexia and being in, a, being in a new environment at home, a new work environment and having to pivot in that way was really challenging for me. So when I say we, I mean we, because I'm, I'm a neurodiverse dude as well. Um, and, and obviously some, some, some bad things have happened. Um, I don't wanna have to put a trigger warning on this episode, so we won't talk about all of them. But uh, one thing I wanna talk about is, Josh, can you talk to me a little bit about, this is the second time that we're mentioning this app on the show, and I've oh, never yeah, downloaded right, it, I've never been on it. Application. Yeah, can, yeah. We t- can we talk about this app, TikTok? So, uh, it's the second time. Well, yeah, for the second time, um, and I'll also talk about how um, I just think they kind of like, they're trying to get out of the media spotlight in a negative way, but I think we should hold them accountable because, you see, the, the TikTok is always one of those ones which, like, you find, like, every day just a little bit, not too much, like, negative stuff. This time they had something called the Autism Challenge where people openly mocked um, people with autism and it actually gained a bunch of steam, which is surprising in this day and age. Um, and, you know, they're like, oh, well, we're not the ones making it to our platform. But, you know, as a major social media platform, you have a societal obligation to um, correct the wrongs and stop promoting, like, um, negative stereotypes. And at least in my opinion, like, that is on par with a racist challenge because you are promoting negative stereotypes. And it is dangerous because... As those, as you normalize that, it's going to leak out. It's not just going to be in the um, app. It's not just going to be an app challenge. It's going to leak out into day-to-day life, and it's going to undo all the progress and all the work. And um, you you could, if you wanted to, be like sugarcoat the situation. Oh well, you know this is a one-time thing. Well, it's not a one-time thing. They have a history. If like, I'm not going to go into it because I I work myself up, but if you just look, and I encourage you all to look all this up because this is um important that we all educate ourselves about this that if you look and dig you'll see that a, a lot has been happening with tiktok in this and they under a lot of pressure they finally removed the autism challenge but i think that you know that's ridiculous why should you even need a lot of pressure for why, why should you need any pressure to do what's right you know and again like i'll say you know April, everyone's like, oh, you know, autism, acceptance and awareness and whatever you choose to say it as. And uh, everyone's like, oh, yay, um, autism. And then you have this. So what is the point in having a month for people like us if we don't act and defend like ourselves against TikTok? That's why I truly think I don't have a TikTok. And I think anyone on the spectrum who has a TikTok should delete it. Because honestly, the only way we are going to get ourselves heard is through their quote-unquote numbers. And by that, I mean, if, like, think of how many people in this world have autism, right? If we all delete our TikTok, that's going to make them look bad. That's gonna, and they're going to eventually start losing money. One in, 50, one in 54 plus their parents, plus their children, plus their brothers, sisters, neighbors, friends. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, the autism community is an extremely large market for any for-profit business. And it's extremely important that they know that, uh, that we're listening and we're paying attention and we hold people accountable. So uh, yeah, and just we as- we will hit them in their pocketbooks. Just as a reminder, I think the thing that was even more um, kind of grotesque 
and the thing that should have made them more careful and prevented the autism challenge thing to come out was earlier this year, we discussed that TikTok was actively um, hiding posts by neurodiverse uh, posters, neurodiverse members, I don't know what you call them. Um, and this, the, the reason why they were doing that, they claimed, and, and I don't not believe them, it wasn't the right th way to go about it, but they were saying it was to prevent bullying. They were saying that when people, um, when certain people were posting um, for, for positive attention, they were getting the opposite. And the, the way that they decided to solve this problem is to make those posts less seen by the public. Um, through, you know, social media has really complicated algorithms, they're called, where, um, you know, how likely is something to be seen? Like when you Google the word autism, does sounds like autism come up? No, autism speaks comes up and the CDC comes up first, right? So they were kind of manipulating the algorithm to hide posts by people with autism uh, and other neurodiversities. And, that, um, and, and that's and, really wrong. Right. It, was, it, was, it was the wrong way to go about it. And they took a while to release a statement. They finally released a statement, never, never emailed me back. But then, you know, that should have been a, a growing moment for them and a learning moment. And uh, on social media, there are certain, there are certain words and certain, uh, you know, there are certain ways that they, that they remove uh, negative posts, just like how they were removing positive posts by autistic people. They could have been removing negative ones by bullies. And um, it took them too long to act and remove them. And then it took them too long to release a statement about how it was wrong and what they were doing to correct. Um, so I think that they were a probably a small company that blew up and got too big for their britches, so to speak, and, and are trying to catch up. I, I'm giving them some room here for an excuse. But um, if they're going to be this huge company like Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, um, they need, and, and those aren't perfect either, but TikTok really needs to catch up. And we invite you to respond to either of our emails about these two different incidences and get some, uh, get some consulting from your boys over here. It sounds like autism. But that reminds me of a lot from when I was in school. And I know a lot of our listeners are going to relate to what I'm about to say. Um, that, you know, I was always punished and I was the victim because, you know, like bullies would like, they'll set you up. And, you know, we don't understand social teams. We'll go, we'll take the bait, and then we're, we get unpunished, right? So I feel like that's what TikTok's doing. They're punishing the victim. So um, by doing that, so I know that's been, that hits home for me. I know a whole lot of people on the spectrum that probably hits home really hard. And, uh, yeah, again, look, but me, I'm I'm less forgiving than Dave. I don't give them any wiggle room because, you know, you, you, they, they, get this, they get this twice. And, look, they're, they're not dumb. They, they have this huge application. They know what they're doing. They hire lots of people to run it. And um, th this is so obviously wrong. This is like, this is like, oh, a, in like a, a sea of like, um, in, in a sea of like colored crowns, this is a big, bright red colored crown. You cannot miss this. And they missed it twice. I highly doubt that they did not realize. I highly doubt. Um, so I mean I'd love to have one just to ask like why like just this simple answer why like and not any um of oh you know our corporate policies not any of that stuff um the, the truth why I highly doubt we'll get that because when you get to that that big of a company you can hide behind a bunch of execs and stuff and 
but um, and I I expect them to hide. I expect them. To I, I don't think it, I don't think it's deliberate, Josh. I think it's negligent. I think it's about where people's priorities lie, and I yeah. think that they kind of need to grow up. Um, you're right. We you know we don't have to make excuses for them or give them a pass. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I think that they should be held accountable, and I think that that should be used as a growing moment for them. Uh, that we, in in education, especially special special education, at least we talk about yeah. something called teachable moments, and that's using natural natural consequences and natural situations to learn about the world and learn important lessons. Um, use, using that as, as, as flipping things into a positive. Um, yes. And sometimes it takes a lot of energy and sometimes it's easier to just, you know, whine and roll over and complain and, and then move on. But I think that um, these kinds of situations need to be, you know, faced head on. And, and, um, and there, there's, a, there's plenty of other things going on as well. Let, let's, Let's switch to a topic we've never discussed before. So, Josh, maybe right. um, subject. Josh, we, we talk about employment a lot. We talk about uh, inclusion in employment. We talk about inclusion in, in in schools, as in like K through 12 schools mostly. We talk about um, inclusion in society at large, in sports, in Hollywood especially. Um, but let's talk about college for a moment. So, let me ask you a question. I'm just going to interview you for a moment. Josh, you went to college. I never graduated, but yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But you attended college, and um, you had a positive experience overall at college. Well, split um, at one place, NYT. Yeah, because I at this program, which is designed to help um, folks on the spectrum, which is very good. VIP. It's called VIP. Um, and anyone listening here, I I encourage you if you have a to check it out. But also, I went to a place um, called Nassau Community College. And um, this college, you know, I I used to I used to actually want respect. I really did, you know. I had some good professors, some bad professors, but you know, all schools like that. Um, I I just want to shout out. I just want to before you move on. I just want to shout out NYIT is what Josh was mentioning. Uh, New yeah. York Institute of Technology. That's on Long Island, and they have an incredible program called the VIP program, uh, the Vocational yeah. Independence program that Josh was a part of, and many of my participants in the past have been a part of, um, and it is a residential program on their campus, uh, and, and they run a tight ship. It's a great program, and we suggest it to anybody. Also, just a quick shout out to Mercyhurst University, our friend uh, Brad McGarry, uh, who is in the documentary about Spectrum Designs, uh, This Business of Autism. Brad McGarry uh, speaks about employment um, in that film, and he's in charge of the Mercyhurst uh, AIM program, and that's an, another excellent uh, college, um, you know, the college program that's designed for neurodiverse learners. Um, and there, there are several, there are many around the country. Um, so Josh, talk to me a little bit about the situation with the accommodations and things at Nassau Community College, which okay. is a massive community college on Long Island. Yeah, it, it is. It's like, um, just give everyone context about Nassau, pretty much like Long Island has two counties, Nassau and Suffolk. And um, like every, everyone, but Nassau, like probably, probably, I mean, these aren't exact, but I'd imagine at least 85% of the people in Nassau go to Nassau Community College. It's kind of like everyone just assumes they ever going there. So, I mean, they got a lot of people. Obviously, a bunch of them are going to be on the spectrum, like I was, a bunch of people. And um, they had uh, programs, and uh, one of them is called Aspires. And what Aspires is, it basically helps and supports folks on the spectrum. And um, you, it, it, you know, it sounds and does good work, quite frankly. 
Now, the, the reason we're talking about um, this is, unfortunately, we're not just giving praise, but we're giving low criticism because Nassau Community College lately has used um, this COVID crisis um, as a way to say, oh, we got to cut costs. And it, it's funny because at times like these, you see um, organizations' true colors, right? You know, you see what they truly value because they didn't try to cut the law program or the art program. They never even mentioned cutting the science program, but they did mention and try to cut the autism program. They um, tried to cut the spires and for a little bit, they did. Um, and, 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 you uh, know, uh, it, it wasn't just, you know, this program is ending, uh, everyone finish up. It was even for learners that are finishing this year and planned on starting again, depending on the support that was allotted to them by Aspires, that was ending for, uh, for many, yeah, many learners. So th that, that is, these programs should be expanded, not a race. And yeah. um, this is what we're talking about when we say don't wait for April. Things like this happen all the time and we need to protect, we need to protect our, our programs and develop them. Um, and so, so Josh and I started, uh, we said we had to do something. We started working closely with the head of the program, Professor Fran Viscovich yeah. over there. She's an incredible science professor who has a neurodiverse son and uh, decided to create this program a few years ago and has seen a lot of success with it. We started working with her on a film, interviewing some of the students, the parents, and her about their experiences and trying to save this program, reaching out to local politicians, senators, and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it was, so today is, uh, this will be released on uh, Monday, June 1st, but yesterday uh, from when we we're recording it, so May 27th, we were supposed to release this short video. And uh, Josh, do you want to kind of explain what happened at, right at the last minute? Well, yeah, basically um, some good people in the government stepped in and said, you know, we're going to withhold funding if you continue this, which um, I really agree with. Like, you, shouldn't, you should not fund an institution which is taking away um especially like this day nature like why, why would you do that and there is no excuse not, like oh we're trying to save money because of crisis yeah give me a break um no don't that's ridiculous so um thankfully we believe it's going to be saved right um the program yeah i and, believe uh, so and 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 that's incredible that was us. that was the goal of the of the little movie that yeah. josh and i were spending hours putting together um and you know there was a a awesome petition created by one of the students of the spires that had something like 800 signatures. Um, they people were re, people were already reaching out to the media and politicians and sharing uh, information about yeah. it on social. And um, this this pro this problem was solved actually before we were able to complete it. So we're going to pivot and we're going to still release this video, but we're going to make some edits and just talk about the importance of higher education and the lack of services in the neurodiverse community. Um, and also and to speak up because you know. This happens here, but this is only, we only know about this one. This can happen in other places in the country and the world too. So this is kind of an eye opener to keep, really like keep your eyes and ears open. If you hear something's being shut down, see something, if you know it's not right, don't let someone convince you it is. Don't let um, them say, oh, well, you know, the budget's this and that. Because think about it. They would not be doing it to something they truly value. No matter what they say, they would not be shutting down something they truly value. What this was, was them saying through their actions, which are louder than words, they do not value the autism community. Because remember, they did not try to shut down any other program. They tried to shut down the autism one. And at the end of the day, that says a lot about an institution's values. Even though they brought back the program, it still shows their 
that they do not value us, and that is wrong. So I encourage everyone to look at their own local institutions and stuff. And if you see something, I know it's a cliche, but if you see something, say something because um, it, it, it's really it's really important. It's really important to um, say stuff when you see injustice is being done. That's, That's right. the only way um, that things get fixed. Absolutely. So, each and every so one of us. kudos to the whole community who yeah. banded together and said this is not not okay. And I, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we'll release that. I think that I got some amazing content from the perspectives of neurodiverse learners in higher education oh, and their, it's, it's and their families. And, um, and it really speaks to the importance of, of programs like that. Um, yeah. Not just, and kind of like our, our TED talk, Be Selfish, Embrace Neurodiversity. Um, it's, it's not just a, a positive thing for people with autism or their families. It's a positive thing for society at large. Um, I would like to um, introduce uh, like a new like one who listening here who may be the people who try to plug pull the plug on if they're I highly doubt they're listening but if they are I'd just like to um, introduce a new like train of thought for a second or well, maybe this will help persuade them not to do things like this you know think of it like lots of the greats like people who have reached change society um, people will now believe probably were on the spectrum uh, well, with that being said let's say um, someone who is going to change the world who is on the spectrum is going to your program. If you cut that, you in essence are totally fundamentally altering what the future could be because you are stifling that person's um, opportunity to grow and develop and then become that person who will change the world. By, you, by your simple selfish act, you alone are um, negating the opportunity for progress in society. And you don't need to look far to see how many folks on the spectrum have already changed things. So it's not just a budget sheet. I love it that. It really. 100%. Thank you for that, Josh. And, um, you know, again, I, I think we should kind of close up with talking about some of our favorite moments and some positive moments from this season and just say. And there were a lot. Um, there's, there's more coming and we'll do some, some fun things in the coming months. Uh, and, and get, get our stuff together. Come too. We will make a season three. Of course. Um, but, you know, we already mentioned Matt Hoverman and, and, and Josh, your birthday special and the Special Olympics uh, spread the word campaign um, panel discussion. But what about what about what about what else? What, are, what about the first episode of the season? Well, oh, the, you know, the, the first episode, that was that was like the awesome way to like launch the season. You know, season two launched with um, Mary Rollick. The executive of the producer, director of um, Atypical. And that was so cool. Um, for any of you who don't know what Atypical is, I highly suggest you watch it on Netflix. It um, shows pretty much life uh, growing up, um, coming of age, with someone on the spectrum. It shows their family and all that. Like, and, and it's, it's really, really something. It's a re I view it as, like, I personally view it as a beautiful masterpiece of work. Um, it really does. I relate a lot to the main character. Uh, I see a lot of me in it, and it helped me kind of understand myself a little bit more, actually. Um, so I thank you for that. And uh, it, it just, the fact, like, the honor of talking to, you know, like, the, the main person who helped create, basically, was uh, such an honor, such a privilege. I mean, words can't describe. And then through that, I, I personally became, like, messaging stuff and became friendly with one of the actresses who was also on the spectrum from it. So it just it, it's kind of, it's just really 
I mean, I mean, again, like, I will never thought, like, I'd be, you know, talking to people in, like, Hollywood. I mean, I'm just, I'm just a guy in Long Island. Um, and, like, here I am. So that, that it's really amazing. But, and just, it's, again, it's such an incredible honor. And, yeah, um, absolutely. I do know I talk, I talk to some two actresses from there. It's just like, it's insane. So I'm just really, I'm so thankful just for all, all this opportunity. It's really. Yeah. And then also, um, you know, Disney Plus came out and we interviewed Erica Melson, the director and, and Michael Wark, uh, the producer from, from Loop. And then yeah, um, I want to speak for a moment about uh, the writer and director and animator from uh, another one, Float. On, on Disney Pixar that you guys have to check yeah. out. Bobby Rubio was an earlier guest this season and that was incredible. And he's become a great friend as well, just like Mary. And I just wanna say um, shout, uh, an extra special shout out to Bobby because lately we've been running this agency that I run remotely as I've been discussing. And uh, things have been getting, you know, we have between four and 40 participants on any given Zoom kind of meetup. And they're, they're mostly structured lessons, but then some fun, uh, social groups like Josh comes to my bingo nights that I host every weekend and put on my Las Vegas bingo voice. Um, and we've been having fun, but it's been getting a little tiresome. Um, and so we decided to switch things up a little bit. And we do do like Disney and Pixar and Warner Brothers Cartoon Network Nickelodeon trivia nights. And even those we are running out of trivia. Uh, and a lot of our learners and our participants are, could, could answer the question before we even get halfway through the sentence. Um, so I reached out to Bobby Rubio from Pixar and I reached out to Chris Wiggum, the, the PR guy from Pixar, uh, incredible guy. Thank you so much. And I asked if Bobby would be willing to come on zoom with some of our participants and do something, draw for us, animate for us, show us his art come to life and, and how it all works. And he's been behind, not just float, but the Incredibles too, Monsters University up inside out. Uh, you name it. He's been at Nickelodeon. He's been at Disney. He's been at Pixar. So it, just what what a name in that industry. And immediately, Bobby, immediately Bobby said, I'm cool. Just reach out to Pixar and, and, and make sure they're okay with it. They said, okay, right away. And so this Monday, uh, by the time this episode airs, we will have uh, Zoomed with Bobby and he's going to create an all new story with some with some Pixar characters with the help of our participants um, at my agency, which is, which is just so bold and, and kind. Um, he's a father of a, of a young, uh, a young child with autism and just, just such a good guy. And I just want to, again, um, thank Bobby and just shine a spotlight yeah, on him for a you. moment because what, what a, what a good person and what a, a selfless person. It's so cool when I see, it's kind of like Spectrum Designs Foundation. I, uh, we've had screen printers, people who make t-shirts that come in from other screen printing places and start working at Spectrum Designs, which employs neurodiverse people, but also uh, neurotypical people. And they say, I never knew I'd use this skill for something positive. Like I could never have imagined I'd be at a nonprofit screen printing for good. Um, and that's kind of like what uh, I feel like Bobby has as an animator is this, this kind of newfound mission where he was always just an artist. I mean, not just an artist, artists are important, but they don't fulfill some sort of uh, advocacy role or some sort of, uh, you know, they don't have some sort of big stake in social change necessarily, you know, uh, Disney cartoonists or whatever. And he now is this figure that's representing um, and, and supporting a massive group of people. And he's doing it with such uh, poise and pride and um, he's, he's humble and kind and intelligent 
and hilarious and approachable. And so shout out to Bobby. That's yeah. that's a, a really, really cool thing. Yes, thank you. Great. Thank you, Bobby. Um, and, I know uh, my um, my um, colleagues really appreciate or really appreciate um, what you're doing. So thank you. Mm -hmm. um, Jay Ruderman, who you missed because you were sick. Uh, yeah, in, that's, in so I'm really looking forward to meeting him. I yeah, was yeah. Really, he's, he's, I just he's, have to say this. I was really like, I was really excited, you know, because this guy, he, this man does so much good, so much good, and it was just it would have been a real honor to actually meet him. And I was so upset that I got the flu for the first time in my life, not just during the Jay Ruderman thing, but also during the SLA one year anniversary. So it was like a double whammy. But um, man, I, if we ever get him back on or anything, I would I would really just love to meet him and thank him for all this good work. I just had to say that if you're listening, Jay. Um, I would love to one day meet you because your work is inspiring. Yeah, he's gotten, he's gotten a lot done. And check out that episode. That episode's a real deep dive. I mean, it was just Jay and I. Um, so it, and, and he's a real kind of academic, uh, analytical kind of thinker. He has a lot of science behind. He has a lot of data and a lot of science behind um, his, you know, his motives for, for social change. And he's accomplishing a lot. Um, shout out to Jay Ruderman. And he has a... Uh, podcast. Um, it only had one season when we first interviewed him, but he just dropped the second season um, everywhere where you get your podcast, and it is called All Inclusive with Jay Ruderman. Uh, make there sure you was check one out. episode of it, though, which I just want to bring up because, again, it's, just, it's one thing which really stuck to me. Um, it was about like, automation, like self-driving cars, and all the, and the, um, lots of people, when they think of, of course, lots of people, when they think of a feature like that, they think only the negatives, but this guy, he states the positives, but so factual, like, you know, for people with disabilities who, like, never even get to go out of the house, for example, like, this is going to be their gateway to the whole world. We're going to read, like, let everyone experience what it's like to have um, personalized, mo like, mobile access um, to go places, because when you drive or something, you, you take it for granted, but what, what if you couldn't drive? What if you're always stuck in the house? Well, what if it was, like, that, that was it, you know? So, like, that really is going to pave a way for future for folks who, who otherwise wouldn't have the opportunity. And he, he, but he states it, but so factually, I mean, this one episode, I just, it, it was really amazing listening to us. Like, you know, you, you're right. It's just, it was really great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and shout out to uh, Megan Carranza from um, Adventures in Autism. That is another Long awesome podcast. And she, she's become a really good friend. Um, and, and also, of course, neurodiv uh, neurodivergent re rebel, uh, Krista Holmes. That was a really cool yes. and exciting uh, experience to have her on. And she's a massive presence within the autistic community on yes. social media and uh, a really cool and funny and engaging person. So thank you to, to her as well. Mm -hmm. and, and, and all of the listeners and all of the supporters, even I, we have some people that don't really listen to podcasts, but still are so supportive of us and what we do. Um, you know, our friends, our family, our coworkers, thank you so, so much uh, for being part of our little SLA community. And um, we look forward to- It's not to that growing. little anymore, man. It's yeah, not that little anymore. We, we, we look forward to growing with you and, um, and do, doing a lot of, of really exciting, important work um, as, as time goes on. So I'm, uh, I'm humbled by all the experiences yeah. I've been able to have. And uh, thank you to Josh for your voice and your advocacy and your willingness to be thank so you. open and raw and, um, and really speak to um, your perspective uh, in such a, such a natural and engaging way. So thank you so much, Josh. You're welcome. Yeah, I mean, the future, honestly, 
Um, if we all, if we all as um society work together, the future is going to be really bright. I mean, I really think so. All right, I'm going to go have some birthday cake. Anything else? Um, no, not that much. I have this giant cup of coffee here, which I still need to get through. I'm only halfway through it. Um, I mean, yeah, no doubt it's Mickey Mouse. Yeah, I um, yeah, of course. I I drink my coffee like I drink it black, with, so. I'm going to be like hyper. Me too. All right. Well, Josh, you're going to need that energy. You're going to need that energy for Spectre Designs and for all your work towards inclusion in the next couple months before our next official episode of season three. But we will have some, we will be dropping some bonus stuff in the meantime. Um, Thank you so much all and we'll speak soon. Yeah. Thank you everyone. Bye.